1: A couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes. <laughs> right. It's flagrant howls with Phil Mackey
0: and Kyle Tykey.
1: Nas Reed. Nas Reed. Nas Reed. What a Sunday. What does I mean? We we had gone this far. We've talked about this before, but it's like he's Nas has gone this far. Why not just dip into free agency? See what's out there, you know? Uh, you don't get these opportunities that much. And then he just said, you know what? Screw it. I want to stay here. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to hang out with these guys. Obviously, the money mattered as well. But uh, a big day. I mean, I don't know how you can look at yesterday, Sunday, as any other type of day other than a celebration. But now there are more questions, I think, to answer moving forward. But for one day,
0: it was, uh, it was a great time to be a Timberwolves fan. Yeah. Well, and we can get into, obviously, there's there's questions. But at the end of the day... We talk about stockpiling assets. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. a big thing that you like to talk about on the show. And he is a great basketball asset. I would also argue because we've had these cultural discussions and uh, leadership power rankings going back, you know, in the 12 months we've been doing this show. And we even asked Chris Finch when he came on the podcast last week, you know, here's how heat culture is defined. How do you want Wolves culture to be defined? And, and he's kind of borrowing some of the same tenants. I sort of view Nas Reed as maybe like if things play out over the next five or 10 years, maybe he is the Wolves Udonis Haslam, a guy that was scrappily undrafted, who had to grind his way to make a team. And then, oh, this guy's got some talent, but he's like, he's not the Dwayne Wade. He wasn't the LeBron James and, and he's not the Jimmy Butler. He's 43 years old now, but he is the heartbeat of heat culture. And to me, whatever Wolves culture is, and it's very moldable right now because it's been a lot of different things that are mostly bad over the last 15 years, Nas Reed is such a heartbeat guy. Mm -hmm. He busts his ass. He's versatile. He gets better every year. His teammates love him. We were joking on Mackie and Judd today, maybe not even joking. He might be like on the Mount Rushmore of most beloved Timberwolves players ever for fans, right? Like Mm -hmm. KG, Ricky Rubio was beloved by fans. So... I love it from that standpoint and the, and we'll figure all the other stuff out and we can have a discussion about sort of the the what ifs and the tentacles but to to bring a guy back who's 23 he fits with the Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels age timeline and he's he's just one of those heartbeat of of the program type players. I agree with you man. It was a it was a great moment for the Wolves to get that thing locked in before the league year opens here in a few days.
1: I'm so glad you said all of that. Because uh, Dane Moore and I did a podcast yesterday and I told Dane a little tongue in cheek, but a little serious that I thought it was one of the biggest moments in franchise history. Um, (laughs) But it was it wasn't it wasn't the typical hang the banner. You sign. like it came back to the stuff we just talked about with Finch. Like you found this guy undrafted. You invested way more than six million dollars over four. I mean, you invested a lot of time, and energy and playing time and resources into this guy. And then you kept him. And for all the stuff you just said about his, he, he is the most competitive guy on the team. He's the guy that takes losing the hardest. Like, you know, he's got a long way to go to have the Haslam resume. But if he's kind of the heartbeat of your team, you can't just lose him for nothing. So in that sense, again, national holidays for the Timberwolves are like Wednesdays for the Celtics, right? But yesterday was like a national holiday for the Timberwolves. You actually completed the process successfully. You didn't mess it up. You didn't lose I mean, I kept thinking before yesterday, what if Nas Reed signs with, like, the Spurs or, like, the Jazz? And for the next four years, I have to watch them, like, next to yeah. Wemby or next to Walker Kessler. Like, that would the, have... The would Spurs have The Spurs
0: may be the most nervous, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of, like... Because mm-hmm. it was a good fit. Because So the contract, it's... The, God, there's so many interesting contract discussions here. So it winds up being a three-year contract. Third year is a player option, and we'll get to that. But it's $14 million a year. Now, correct me if I am wrong here, but the mid level exception this year is like twelve and a half, like twelve point mm-hmm. two or twelve point four or something. Yeah, yep. So it was it was pretty likely, I think, that Nasreed had a mid level exception market. There is probably because you know, and just to over explain, because sometimes I think we take for granted that the audience also obsesses over like the complicated NBA salary cap. For teams that are over the cap, they all they have mechanisms like the mid level exception where you can sign a player despite being over the cap and. Um, I'm guessing there was a market, a mid-level exception market for him that included multiple teams, right? Like mm-hmm. he would have been a, a really, really good asset for $12.5 million. And so Naz's agent probably told the Timberwolves, listen, if if all you can do is like mid-level exception type money, then we probably have to go explore and see what's out there. If you can go above and beyond the $12.5 to like 13 14 15 then we can probably shut this thing down before... Unless a team like the Spurs, because there's a small handful of teams with cap space and maybe playing time available. Mm -hmm. But so it kind of shows you that the Wolves had to go above the mid level exception number to make this ironclad, but that Nas wanted to be here enough to not go talk to like the Spurs or the Jazz or other teams that could have maybe, maybe equaled the money or gone a little higher and given him a guaranteed 30 to 35 minutes a night in playing time, right?
1: Yeah, there's, there really is a lot to unpack from this, right? I I kept thinking, too, again, yesterday was a national holiday, but it also probably created more questions than it did answers. Like, I think Chris Finch's job is a lot harder this morning than it was yesterday because you do now add this guy. I mean, I said this to Dane. Nas will now make more money than Kyle Anderson. So as much as we love Kyle Anderson, and we do, and, like, he's going to come off the bench and be this great six-man, it's like, well, Nas makes more money than him, and those politics matter in terms of rotations, like – Nas is, you know, I, I'm guessing there was a conversation with Nas, like, not only are we going to pay you this, but we'll make sure that you are the first guy off the bench, or we'll make sure that you get 25 minutes a night, because I yeah. think for him, again, the contract is only two years. And then a player option, like he'll probably want to get back out there in the market when those TV deals come in and the the salary cap spikes. Uh, but I also, John, John Krasinski had a really good article yesterday that had some details and it sounded like after the draft, Tim Connolly and Nas's representation came together and John said that the wolves were like millions they were millions apart. Yeah. So can
0: I actually just read like I yeah, have I have sure. I have two paragraphs from that article that I think would color in some yep. context here? So Johnny Kay writes as contract talks picked up again after the draft, which so like Friday, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is all like this is all happening over the weekend. Uh, sources familiar with the process told the athletic that the wolves and Nasri were still millions apart, like you just said. Then a call came from the top of the organization. <laughs> That's right, crunch, crunch. Call. <laughs> he pantomimed. Bring him back. I'm.
1: I'm glad you're bringing this up.
0: Glenn Taylor says, "Get it done" to his front office. Are you a Rocky fan? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Remember in in Rocky two, where uh, Adrian's in the hospital. She was in a coma had their first baby and Rocky was just like, you know, if you want, you know, I can give up this Creed stuff. You know, I can (laughs) I can stop messing around with Creed. And and Adrian goes, There's just one thing I want you to do. Come here. And she whispers, Win. Like that's what I'm envisioning, Glenn Taylor. Like his is like his last breath as the owner of the Timberwolves here this last summer, right? And he's like, Nazared, get it done, Tim. And so Glenn Taylor And Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, according to this athletic article, did not want Reed to get to free agency where several teams were waiting and could offer the 23 year old maybe more money, more playing time and a bigger role, maybe a starting role. Right. And so the three of them consulted with Tim Connolly and Chris Finch and came to the conclusion that they couldn't let a player of Reed's work ethic, skill level and desire remain uh, in Minnesota, leave Mm -hmm. or desire to remain in Minnesota, leave. The player option allows him the ability to become a free agent in just two years, giving him another opportunity for a big contract before the age of 26. That was clearly enough to ease any concerns about his role with Towns and Gobert on the roster ahead of him. Again, I thought yesterday,
1: Sunday, the day that the Nas news breaks was an awesome moment, Uh, but I am have enough built up experience that it's like, and then we wake up this morning and there's, I mean, John does fantastic reporting, but like, I didn't love that line. And then you pile it on to the I'm sure we'll get into this, but the Rudy Gobert playing for France stuff. Um, I don't know, like if it's as simple as Glenn just being like, let's just get this done. Like we got to keep our own guy, culture, all that stuff, everything we've talked about, then it's great. But I would just love and it could be innocent, like we could just be conspiracy theory our way through this. But I would just love my ownership to just stay out of it, because if Tim Connolly was brought in as a top five, you know, big game hunting GM president and you're paying him all this money and you know, you are yeah. giving him ownership back. Like just let him do his job. I think he wanted to sign Nas uh, talking to the people that like were around the facility on Thursday night after the draft. It seemed like that was as soon as they got through the draft, like, okay, now we got to get back to Nas. So that's all yeah. good. There could be all good stuff here, but I will say this again, because it's going to be something we talk about down the road. If Glenn Taylor's like, just get it done. Whoever cares. Don't, don't worry about the money. And Mark is like, just get the Gobert trade done. Don't worry about the picks. Like, at some point, those owners are then going to be tasked with having to pay the luxury tax. And for two new owners that came in and 100% bulletproof got a discount and made two three million as soon as they signed the papers, I want to know that a year from now, if this team – we always keep talking about trading Carl, trading Rudy, whatever. Like, just on the off chance they win 55 games and make the second round of the playoffs, like, we actually have to run it back again. I want Tim to call Mark or Alex and say, hey – that luxury tax payment, get it done because it's well, going to be on you at some point to pay up for this roster yeah. that you're so into building.
0: I love that you went down this path here. Cause I, I think, I think you and the listeners know my opinion on Glenn Taylor and his legacy quote unquote, as an owner dating back to the mid nineties. He's, I believe he is one of the worst owners. Not if you take away like the Donald Sterling creeps, like let's yeah, take the yeah. creeps off to the side. <laughs> Just in terms of like operationally, mm-hmm. he is one of the worst owners of any of the four men's professional sports leagues teams mm-hmm. in my life. It's just been one embarrassment after another. It's just been a sea of bad hires and it's um and so on one hand, I love that they brought Nas Reed back. On the other hand, I don't think Glenn Taylor And his extremely low batting average when it comes to making decisions and looking Andrew Wiggins in the eye and giving Tom Thibodeau full control of a front office and all these mistakes that have been paying Joe Smith under the table, right? Like I just don't think he has any credibility to say, I know what's right. Get this done. So I'm with you. Like you, you double Tim Connolly's salary because you believe he's one of the best front office basketball minds in the NBA. So that that is kind of my one hope here on behalf of the organization, the fans, is that, that this decision hopefully was driven by the guy that they trusted to be put in this position. And the and the same goes for the Rudy Gobert trade. Uh we don't need meddling owners here. Otherwise, why are you doubling the salary of somebody to come over here if you're if he's just gonna be a puppet for what ownership wants to do? So that's an interesting I think it's the right thing. Like giving mm-hmm. Nas Reed this contract, I think is the right thing. But the whole Glenn Taylor like Get it done. You and, know, and Glenn Taylor, by the way, doesn't give a rip about the luxury tax going forward as much right. because he's no longer the majority owner. And, and he's and, also like 85, 90 years old. So
1: and no one actually, I don't really think, cause I didn't growing up. No one actually cares about the ownership stuff or any of this thing, but these are also real conversations that well, are going to come up. It's basketball strategy though. It's mm-hmm. like it's roster building strategy we're talking mm-hmm. about. And so, and there's a chance again, that maybe Tim was doing what he does best and kind of playing a hard bargain. And it was really close and it was going to get over the finish line no matter what. And then Glenn heard that and picked up his landline and said, hey, get it done. Um, But, you know, again, I just so the the framing of the article, I could just be interpreting wrong. But again, it's just another reminder because. And I think this is a perfect time to have a quick conversation about Tim Connolly. I did it with Dane yesterday, and I think that man is showing that he's really good at this. And the more moves he makes, I mean, we haven't really done too much since the draft, like I thought the draft went really well. He yeah. seemed, Tim Connolly seemed amped about it to get a guy who was by some accounts, a lottery pick in Leonard Miller in the second round, um, using one of the assets he got from trading DLO, which was another really good move. Uh, I think Tim Connolly is showing that he is actually really good at this. I think Tim Connolly is also showing that the Gobert trade was not something that was just his idea or his execution, that there were meddling owners again maybe leaning in being like get it done get it done let's make a splash so all in all again i i do think that yesterday was a really good day because it gives you more options but it does open up questions now again of a year from now you're gonna have carl kicking into this massive extension We are also gonna have rudy and Nas playing essentially on one-year deals starting next summer because then their last year in their contract rudy and as player options rudy will probably pick his up but yeah I think at Whatever, that point in
0: his career, he's probably picking up the $60 million. Uh, yeah,
1: I think we can officially <laughs> report that. So, the one thing I haven't really said, but I, I do think it's important because I, I really like Josh Minot. You know, we'll see with Wendell Moore. You get Leonard Miller. You get Jalen Clark. You get all these young guys that are technically drafted, but still on that Nas read, you know, probably not where they thought they would go or hope they would go. It, this is the personal side of sports that people think is kind of sappy, but this also shows to the young guys like, Nas came in, undrafted, worked really hard, and got paid. And I would imagine Tim Connolly is having those conversations with Leonard Miller one-on-one or Josh Minot. Like, hey, I know you're probably not making what you thought you were going to make coming out of college, but we we reward our own. We reward people for hard work. Tim Connolly loves saying, like, we don't want to bring in guys we have to babysit. They want hard workers. So I think this is also kind of a cool moment for the franchise to be like, hey, listen, like, if you do it the right way, we'll do it the right way. Uh, and it's all, again, it's all good news. You have more options now. I have no idea, Phil. Like, let's take a couple weeks. But I have no idea how the rotation is going to look. Because, <laughs> again, like, everyone was like, Nas Reed, sixth man of the year. I was like, remember Kyle Anderson? He's pretty good. Like, what about Nikhil? Does Josh Minot ever get to play? Like, yeah. they have a lot of forwards now and not a lot of sh- guards. But the roster's not done. This summer could be even more chaotic. We don't know what will happen this week and during free agency. But Sunday, June 25th, Nas Reed Day big moment in time
0: i i do want to talk more about the draft and the go the news about gobert this morning or last night that he is going to play yep internationally here but i feel like i feel like we wouldn't be turning over all conversational stones here if i didn't (laughs) ask you this next question and i know a certain section of our audience is going to hate me for doing this that i'm just like trying to stir the pot and troll here but the minnesota vikings very quickly when the nfl league year opened back in march came to an agreement with alex madison on a contract that was like a little more than maybe you thought he was gonna Mm get and you're wondering that's interesting why didn't he go explore the market more what did the vikings say to alex madison where he just like instantly and why would they commit so much money to a backup running back that's interesting and a conversation was clearly had that said hey be patient but you're going to be the starting running back we just have to figure out what and when with Dalvin Cook here Mm -hmm. and then three months later the Vikings wind up doing what they did with Dalvin Cook right is there any way that there was a backroom conversation between the Timberwolves and Nas Reed's representatives that said hey don't hit the market we'll give you the 14 we're still working on some things here but there's a there's an 80% chance that we move one of these two big guys in the next, like, two or three weeks. And it will clear the way for 28, 30 minutes a night. Your guy's going to have – don't explore the market because we've got it covered. Just give us a second here.
1: I I have two answers to that. One, I don't think from knowing Tim Connelly now, a little more hearing stories about him, that that's what he would do. I think he's a pretty straight shooter. However, I also know that the NBA is – Really, by far, hands down, more than the NFL or the MLB, like just full of snakes (laughs) and full of, you know, lying and trying to get what's best for you. So do I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, this is this week, if you're an NBA fan, is really big because this is the week that the league is technically operating under the old CBA for no better way to put it. So some of the rules, some of the ways that you have like kind of put salaries together for contracts and big trades, like it's different this week than it will be starting on July 1st. So they could have had that conversation. I just, I go back to what Glenn said in John's article about get it done. I just wonder, and you brought this up last week or two weeks ago. I wonder if Glenn Taylor's just like, we're not trading Carl as long as I have the keys. Because, yeah, you know, we I mean, as much as he likes Nas Reed. I know for a fact that no matter what you think about Carl's comments, on, like the the organization loves that guy because of how loyal he's been and stuff. And we can debate that, but Glenn loves Carl. So I don't know if they're going to be willing to pull that trigger yet. And maybe what they do is, again, this was, a, there was a timeline to sign Nas before he could go for agency. There's a timeline to trade one of these three bigs, and it could be February of 2024, March 2024 is when new owners get the keys. Summer, So I think there's just a lot of timelines we're going to have to navigate to. But I don't think it's crazy to say that they guaranteed Nas some sort of like role that was more than just I know you love the fan base. I know you love the money, but you really want to play basketball. Now you put in the work like we'll make sure you get that and it might be at the expense of who knows someone else.
0: Yeah, I think my gut says that they really are going to try and run this thing that uh, yeah i do too. is the, there are some tweaks you can make i mean we talked last week about there's there's some guards in washington that could be a great mm-hmm. fit here if you could find a way to make a trade um you've got plenty of second round picks that you could still move in future seasons and you maybe even have like the torium prince contract that you could leverage and move somewhere um Also, didn't Dane lay out a way now too, where they might still be able to use a mid-level exception as well?
1: They could basically Dane pointed out they could like cut Torian Prince. I think wave Jordan McLaughlin. Uh, Also, Torian Prince, I think, is seeing these tweets because he tweeted something about like I'm here with what looked like an army helmet, Uh, so he might be uh, online as well. But yeah, yeah, there's there's but then there's Nikhil
0: Alexander Walker. You got to figure out if you want to bring him back. And yeah,
1: I, I just you know. Hearing people talk to Tim Connolly or, you know, us talking to Chris Finch, you never know what's real or not. But I do think the Wolves are just being open, like, yeah, we just want to run it back. And yeah. I'm sure they have the same conversations the fans do about, okay, but it's going to be more difficult next summer. Uh, but I wonder if Tim Connolly, as much as we're like, well, maybe he's going to trade Carl, maybe they run it back, try to get a year of it. And no matter what they put into the Rudy Gobert trade, there's a chance that they're like, you know what, actually, we're going to move Rudy. We're going to move yeah. Rudy and his one year guaranteed deal and a play. I mean, And Carl and Nas actually look way better together. So it always goes back to the D'Lo thing. They had to make a decision on D'Lo because they couldn't screw themselves coming this summer. And they waited until literally like an hour before the deadline to do it. That's what they're going to do with this three big $100 million center trio is maybe just wait until February, I don't know, 24th, 2024 to finally pivot. But I do think even if we disagree, they want to see this trio, I mean, there was that week of basketball, Phil, where it looked really good, and Nas opened everything up for Carl and Rudy. Uh, I think that's just what they want to do. They just want to lean into the experiment a little more. The CBA is not going to hurt you now. It'll hurt you next yeah. summer, and they're just going to try to be patient no matter what we might think is, hey, it might be better for you to
0: move off of it now than later. You know how when someone like gets their first big contract or like gets rich for the first time or wins the lottery, or like, or in this case, signs a three-year <laughs> You know, a $14 million a year contract, and people say, like, hey, what's the first thing you're going to buy with that money? And my sources tell me that Nas Reed is interested in going to Power Lodge and <laughs> Miller Marine, get one of these Benningtons here. So uh, it's throttle therapy all summer long if you're looking to unplug, create that next amazing friend or family moment. This is Kyle, by the way, doing a flip off of a Bennington here <laughs> for the YouTube audience. Uh, there's Kyle and his gal again. There's Kyle again. Wow, a lot of. A lot of shots of Kyle here on this B-roll. Uh, but you can go to powerlodge.com or one of the three locations in and around the Twin Cities, Brainerd, Anemi, and Ramsey, or millimarine.com, millimarine and, Mill and, and St. Cloud, and check
2: out 300-plus different pontoons in stock Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to to 18 meals per week or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time you can sign up and save and we've done the math factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious head to factormeals.com slash Howells 50 and use code Howells 50 to get 50% off that's code Howells 50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off go check out factor meals so draft night,
0: you kind of touched on it. Let's do let's do some draft talk here, real quick. I really like the thought process of what they did here. So Leonard Miller, thirty third overall pick. He was uh. It's funny because like Scoot Henderson was obviously the headliner on the G League Ignite team, mm-hmm. but there's all these other guys. like Leonard Miller was maybe the second best player on that G League Ignite team. Is that a hot mm-hmm. take? No, like, I mean, like, they've made like the third best player on that he, team. He, uh, he started
1: slow. I actually watched him in the game against Wemby and he was like four for 13. He didn't blow you away, but he really came on in that last month or two months for the G league. Uh, but there's, I, and what you're trying to say is, I know you're going to say more on it is that the guys who you trust, people that you trust covering the draft were all, you know, John Jerry Sam you were like, I had this guy as a lottery pick or I had this guy yeah. in the top 20. So to get him at 33 is a steal.
0: So, the Athletic had him as the 13th best prospect. The yep. Ringer had him 18th on their big board. The Ringer's comp was a skinnier Paul Millsap, who I love Paul Millsap, man. The mm-hmm. Hawks, he played, and Tim Connolly had him for a few years in Denver, too. Just a guy that could, he was kind of a multiple positions guy, was going to get you, you know, 15, 18 points, some rebounds he could pass. Uh, The description here, too, one of the scouting reports I found on Leonard Miller six foot 10 lefty with a seven foot two wingspan and a nine foot standing reach attacks the glass and loves igniting the break as a ball handler in the open floor. Unique athlete, passing vision, good touch around the rim, scrappy defensive upside. He just fits all the things you want to put around a guy like Anthony Edwards, too. Just a guy that can kind of get out, run, that can that can be a a slasher in the paint, right? So not a great outside shooter. I don't know about you, but I probably spent like 45 minutes just watching YouTube videos of him after the Timberwolves made this pick. It seems like a valuable pick here. And then maybe even just as interesting with the 53rd pick, they get Jalen Clark, the guard from UCLA, who was the defensive player of the year in college basketball last year. But he's going to be out probably for the full season Mm -hmm. with an Achilles tendon tear. But six foot five with a six foot nine wingspan and uh, plays lockdown defense against other wing players. So they're probably just going to let him marinate and get healthy for a year. And then he's more of a 2024, 25 guy. But this was one of the things that Tim Connolly has sort of hung his hat on in his career. I found Jokic in the second round that can he find value beyond the first round? And these are two profiles. I'm not saying they're going to pan out, but like now you add these two profiles to the already fairly well- stocked group of 20 to 24 year old players on this team Kyle and it's just it's interesting like you kind of listed the young crop of players and these guys are uh these guys are gonna be really really fun to watch develop over the next couple years yeah another comp that i saw because i do have a type when it
1: comes to these draft prospects I love like a guard who then just grew six inches in the summer um and there was a lot of like Lamar odom comps and I don't know if no. that's because he's left-handed but Lamar Odom was just really kind of a unicorn in his own era because Mm -hmm. of how he could play and fit next to bigs and guards. So I like that for Leonard Miller as well. I mean, there's some like Jared Vanderbilt stuff in there too, the way he attacks the glass. I just think more than anything, it goes back to the Gobert trade, maybe being an, an isolated incident that since then, Tim Conley has had a little more control of the room and these transactions or these deals all make sense and build off of one another. Uh, I remember when they made the Gobert trade last year, a lot of people said, both locally and nationally, that that's a move for like Carl's timeline, right? And we've talked about the two timelines, something that I don't think really works. You saw the Warriors kind of blow up their young timeline. Um, but the Nas Reed move to me signals what they said at the exit interviews, like that seemed like a move and a player signing that like fit Ant's timeline. Agreed. To this young big guy Leonard Miller, Josh Minot, those seem like players that fit the Ant timeline. Again, of course, they're young. You don't draft 32-year-olds, but you're starting to find – I mean, Josh Minot is a big – like, he's probably a little more of a four than he is a three. Leonard Miller, kind of the same thing. Like, you're finding more and more of these big guys. You sign Nas Reed, you're like, well, wait, we have Carl and Rudy. It does lead me to believe, again, that at some point they're going to move off of one of those two bigs and have just more of a long, lengthy, you know, gazelles – to put around Ant as maybe they pivot into a new, a new era, another marketing slogan for that team, a new era of just up and down, fast, you know, transition basketball at some point. But th- th- the thing I loved about it, Phil, was just when they moved up to thirty three using that pick they got in the Delos trade. You know that they held out for like we're not going to just do this Delos trade with Utah and Lakers unless we get some picks. Then you use one of those picks, you move up, you get the guy in your program, you start working on it. Um, a twenty twenty eight second round pick is valuable at some point, but yeah. it's even more valuable now because now you can start coaching the guy up. They're going to all live in Des Moines anyway. So I thought yeah. they had a really good draft and the people that were all these teams invite the media to their practice facility for the draft night, so They can watch the draft and get fed and then, you know, interview the guys after Uh everyone that was there was like Tim Conley really has a, a glow about him right now. And I think he thinks that he crushed the draft. And if nothing else, that guy, one thing you can't say about him, like he is one of the best drafters in the league. We saw it in the finals. <laughs> Right. Uh, we saw Walker Kessler was a Tim Conley draft pick. He knows what he's doing in the draft. And that makes me excited about these guys, even though we won't see them play. I don't think at all next
0: season. It also though, it gives you when you have like, and I'm just going to go through the list of young guys who aren't making any money right now. Like (laughs) Jalen Clark, who won't be really available this year, but Josh Minot Leonard Miller, uh, who's the, is it the, uh, the European kid that they drafted Spagnolo, Spagnolo, um, they're going to need one or two of these guys to maybe fill out the roster too, because Mm -hmm. you're so pressed up against, especially if you bring back Nikhil Alexander Walker, you may need to like forego a veteran minimum contract and instead have a guy that makes even less money.
1: Right. Precisely. Yeah. And that's something that when we get Chris Finch on again, to make him a friend of the program, like I would like to get into some more basketball stuff, maybe this summer Mm -hmm. with him about, I don't know. I just don't think Finch is a, I'm going to play my rookies guy. Uh, so as much as I enjoyed Austin Rivers presence here last year on a minimum contract and his leadership stuff, you would hope that at some point, like Ant doesn't need those crutches of leadership, like you're, yeah. you know, whatever, you're 24 now, Ant, like you are the leader. You're going to need those Leonard Millers and, you know, Spagnols and Minots, like you said, contribute. If they do re-sign Nah, I tweeted this out the other day, but they would have nine guys on their roster that are under 24. Wow. Like that's, you know, for all the young core talk we have with these other franchises, that's a big deal in and of itself even if you don't have all these future picks like you've got Wendell Moore, Jalen Clark, Josh Minot, Miller, Spagnuolo like if a couple of those guys hit it's a home run some of them are going to be I mean a year ago I would have said the same about Balmero and now he is possibly unemployed I don't know if he's in the league so some of those guys are going to whiff but
0: I think he scored six points last year is what we we've calculated maybe in Vegas I don't like but like uh, all year or okay he either scored six points or played six minutes I can't remember. Yeah. Either way, he was just, he might be a (laughs) a Spagnuolo. It's just, you you do need to hit
1: on some of these guys. Obviously, Tim Conley has a good track record with that. Uh, But I do think that's another conversation we should have this fall is like, they need to play. You know, I just said it again, like Rudy, Carl, Nas, Jaden, Kyle, whatever. Like, where does Josh Minot get in? It's okay to redshirt these guys for a year, but their value is in their contract. It's like, if we can get a contribution from a guy making $900,000, that's probably better than the veteran minimum for like an Austin Rivers. That's like 1.7 million. Uh, Every thousand dollars is going to matter moving forward. So I thought the draft went really well. Uh, They didn't really mortgage anything. They were pretty active trying to, I think get up there, you know, into that top 20, but they didn't, you know, they didn't just say, Hey, screw it. We're going to trade even more assets. They were pretty smart with their money. And again, that's what they have to do every time they make a transaction now, because they're still paying off an expensive mortgage and Rudy Gobert,
0: by the way, uh, this just came across here via SpoTrack that the Wolves are now paying the three of their centers a combined just under half billion dollars in total contract value. That doesn't count the money that they just paid those those guys last year, too. So, yeah, they're definitely banking on size. The good news is size is kind of back now in mean, the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying it's the same like the Nuggets felt like a more athletic sizable team but Jokic doesn't strike you as the most athletic right. uh, unicorn freak in that regard but so I'm not saying that you can just put any tall players out there but it does feel like we went a little too aggressive into the small ball era because the Warriors did it but it's like yeah but you also have maybe the greatest shooting backcourt in the history of the planet so maybe 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 there is some validation here real quick before we say goodbye on this episode uh Rudy Gobert is indeed going to play internationally for France in the FIBA World Cup here this summer. He was kind of hinting that maybe he would forego that so that he could get right for the Timberwolves season. He said that the knee and some of the fatigue was a big hampering issue for him. So I kind of hate this, to be honest with you. Like, it's not even the Olympics. I know that he loves playing for his country and whatnot, but he also has an obligation to the Timberwolves to be better than he was last year. So I I don't love him sort of teasing that, yeah, I might forego it. And now he decides, ah, screw it. I'm going to put a bunch of wear and tear on my body in the, you know, two months leading up to training camp. So I don't know. What do you think about it? I'm torn. I remember, I remember living in Australia a handful of years ago.
1: I was there for a year and like learning about Australian basketball culture, like these guys, and that's one country, but those guys have more pride playing for their countries. I think than maybe American players do not that they don't love being part of team USA, but Uh, there is a real level of pride for those guys to play for their country. And again, too, you know, like Ants doing stuff this summer with FIBA. I think Kyle Anderson might be playing for China. Not really sure how that works, but there's more guys that are playing. Also, like for France, I think they're probably going to play like eight total games. Um, It's important to know that, I mean, I I don't love it either, just to be honest with you, but these guys are going to play basketball no matter what. So it might be better for Rudy if he's going to play to play in something that has trainers and, and athletic yeah. staff and, and officiating rather than, you know, just two months down in some Miami high school gym where you can get injured just as well. I mean, Ant got hurt, right, playing for the team USA select team a couple of years ago. But, yeah, I don't love it because the difference between Ant and Rudy is 10 years or so. I mean, I think Rudy turned
0: 31 today. Happy birthday to him. So- and he's seven feet tall. I feel like he's... He's got a step counter at this point. That's what I'm yeah. worried about. He's like and he there's a tick there's a ticking time bomb nature to like a 7-footer's legs and feet once he hits 29, 30, 31. So that's where well, I'm a little nervous about and it. And
1: I remember during the preseason seeing him in Vegas. He had that really big knee brace on and then uh the other day when the Wolves tweeted out that very purposeful image of Ant throwing a lob to Rudy, Rudy didn't have a knee brace on. And yes, it's practice, there's probably way less contact, but it did seem like he was getting a little healthier and he said, and this is why it is a big deal to talk about at least like go play for your country support. You know, I, I respect that, but he said that he was not his physical shape mm-hmm. last, you know, off or last training camp and stuff because of the Euro basketball. So if you come into this training camp and you're not the three time defensive player of the year, the guy who said, I want to have a better season. I don't want you to tell the media that it's because you played in Euro because on the same day that Rudy said, I'm in, Victor Wembanyama said, I'm out. And yeah. by all accounts, people thought Wemby was going to play for France this summer, too. So not, you know, I, it's, again, I don't want to chastise a guy for trying to do something for his country, but there's no excuses then. Like, you need to find the ways to make sure that, as Judd kind of said, you are paid a lot more money by one team than the other, and you your loyalties need to at least be that when you show up in October or September, you need to be in as good of shape, healthy, as you would have been if you wouldn't play,
0: played. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, he's, it, it, it just, it still feels like he's kind of an outsider because of everything that happened the way that it did last year, the, and Finch cleared up the air with us last yeah, week cool. on the punching incident. So I'm not really hung up on that anymore, but this is definitely a make good year for Rudy Gobert, but he's also fighting the forces of aging and wear and tear. So I'll just say it again. Like, He's a 30 31 year old seven foot guy that should probably be conserving as many steps and games as possible and devote all of that attention to uh to the NBA and it, it, even if it turns out to be only eight games okay that's not that many games but it is also like a tenth of an NBA season and it's these aren't like exhibition games right they, they are right. but they're not you know these are like highly competitive games so I don't love it I think it's kind of selfish and I think he kind of took his eye off the ball here, but maybe he can finally get the elusive gold medal that he's been, they've <laughs> been is, trying to get one in the, in the Olympics and in the world cup here, uh, France. And I don't think they have before. So it is just, it is, it is Timberwolvesy in this
1: sense. It's like, you can't, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves have never hit a parlay, right? Like they can never have, like we signed Nas on Sunday and Rudy's not playing in Euro basketball on Monday. It's like, no, 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 this is, you had good news on Sunday. Well, we're going to give you some bad news on Monday. So yeah. if nothing else, I feel better that Nas is resigned now because if Rudy needs a week off or something this summer or this off, or this next season, then that gives more minutes for Nas
0: and makes Finch's life easier. But maybe that was the sell for Nas. Say, hey, this dumbass is going to go play in France, <laughs> going to go play out for France again. So he's probably going to miss like 20 games. So we'll definitely find you some uh, 35-minute nights, guy. Let's do it. And, and you know, Tim Conley was pretty open last week
2: about
1: saying, we know what we would like him to do. And that was pretty much saying, like, we don't want him to play. But, again, maybe those national ties, I don't know. I just – I think Rudy missed the ball that last year he used it as an excuse of why his body wasn't where his brain was or where his abilities were. And that's fine. But you learned your lessons. So at media day or whatever, if you're lugging around two knee braces, I just can't hear you say – that's because you played in Euro because you had the opportunity. And I, again, it goes back to Wimbenyama, like he didn't play and he yeah. probably could have, should have played because there's not real expectations for him. You can miss the first month of the season as a rookie. That's fine. But when you're Rudy, like this, is you're a big part of this franchise now and you can't just show up at 85%. You
0: need to show up in September at hundred percent. So we'll see. Yeah. Amen. Awesome, man. Little uh, sort of a rare Monday episode here. People were chirping us for not doing an emergency one yesterday, but I got to be honest, old Macadac was uh, still enjoying his weekend quite a bit around uh, Minneapolis. So um, you and you and Dame pumped went out over on the Dame More NBA show. So if you haven't heard that yet, too, go check Kyle out on that podcast. But yeah, we'll uh, so we may hit you guys with another one before the weekend. If we don't, we're just going to be kind of in reaction mode for. When the league year opens up in a few days, but uh, hopefully this, this gave you your fix of, of Wolf's talk here to start the week. Uh, I love
1: like the notifications from Twitter and stuff, even though I'm kind of on it less, but as someone who now kind of does content or whatever, I will say the biggest moment of the Nas Reed extension and news yesterday was that it didn't happen next weekend because I have uh, plans to be on a Bennington pontoon and drinking <laughs> one or two or 12 margaritas. So thank you, Nas, for getting this out of the way. Unless a big trade happens this week, which it could, uh, it does seem like that was the big domino, right? Prior to the Nas extension, I was like, oh, this they got to get this done, they got to get this done. I, they got it done, and now it might just be a summer where they re-sign Nikhil. That won't happen for weeks because he's restricted. So like, that's not going to be a July 1st thing. Yeah. And then they just maybe kind of trim around the, the, the edges of like, maybe they bring back Austin rivers. Maybe they see if Pat Bev will come back for a minimum or something. So I doubt it's going to be that exciting. Yesterday was the big news, uh but that's great because the 4th
0: of July is on a Tuesday and I'm trying to get to the likes. LFG. Let's get it. Uh, if you guys could give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple podcasts, it can help spread the word about the show here and uh click the like button and the subscribe button on the score North YouTube channel This is your favorite, we hope, Timberwolves (laughs) Lifestyle Podcast. He's Kyle. I'm Phil. He's Nas Reed. Nas Reed.